No Limits on the Strive Network. I'm your host, co-host, Joseph Cortez, here with a good friend of mine. You may have heard of him, Michael Pendergraft. Yes, sir. Welcome back, Mike. What's up, buddy? It's been like a week and a half since we did this. Yes. So we upload every week, every Monday morning, uh, 4 a.m., 5 a.m. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and time for that early commute. So, right, of course. But as you guys may not know, sometimes, well, I mean, we have pretty busy lives. Um, I would say so. Yeah. But, you know, we always make it a habit to come out here on a Sunday and record. Now... Last week, we recorded two episodes in one week. Michael was... Uh, you guys I was were, going oh, yeah. to Dallas. Yeah, so we recorded Sunday. Michael was going to Dallas, and he wasn't going to be here for the following Sunday. So we recorded like on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So we haven't been in studio for like a week, week and, and a half. half. Yeah, yeah, so it seems like ages. I guess that's what happens to you. They kind of throw things off whenever they don't. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, like our last episode, I'm sure people enjoyed. We interviewed Chris Brown, which I think he probably moved by now. Yeah. And um, I hope Chris is listening to this. Shout out, man. We had a great time with you. Yeah. Uh, I went to Dallas that weekend afterwards and had a good time with two of my friends. It was funny. I was telling you about that whole COVID thing, man. (laughs) That was so funny. I was like, well, okay. So did you, I saw you, somebody, I think it was Cole took a picture of AT&T Stadium, Jerry World. Mm-hmm. Did y'all tour it? Uh, we went inside and we went to the pro shop, the mm-hmm. little like fan shop. Gotcha. But of course, be, it being Jerry's World, they had, you had to pay to tour it Yeah. and walk around. So we didn't do that. Gotcha. But have you ever been by there? Dude, No. that place is massive. Huge. We, so it's at Arlington, which is mm-hmm. right between Dallas and Fort Worth. And we were staying at the Holiday Inn in Arlington across from the stadium. And we were on the highway heading there. And I, I drive the whole time and I look and I'm like, is that Cowboy Stadium? And we get closer. We're like, holy crap. Kind of looks like an, I mean. It kind of looks like a, it kind of looks like that Simpsons dome. I don't know what that is. Have you ever seen the Simpsons movie? No. Nah. Okay. Well, in the Simpsons movie, they create like a huge dome around the city. Mm. And then there's like literally a dome where people cannot get out. It looks just like that. I mean, this thing is enormous yeah massive how big is it or have you seen the at&t's center san antonio where they play basketball how big is it compared to that we can compare it to the alamo dome in san antonio okay the football stadium we have in san antonio now granted somebody's probably gonna look it up and just completely obliterate my facts but i feel like it's probably three times bigger yeah because I think the eighteen her the Alamo Dome's kind of small. It's like on the small side it of the stadium. It seats probably about fifty thousand. Never mind. And AT and T seats about can sit about a hundred and five. Okay. But I feel like AT and T had a lot more size, yeah, height, sure. and width than the mm-hmm. Alamo Dome does. I didn't get to go actually out onto the field to see the screen, but I heard the screen is about the length of the field. Jeez. You know. Yeah, so, but the Alamo Dome really holds 50,000 people? In San Antonio, yeah, I believe so. Wow. I think, because uh, they usually have the uh, Valero Alamo Bowl there mm-hmm. every year, and they usually pack about fifty to 55,000 into those games. Gotcha. Now, granted, like, when you're at the Alamo Dome and you're watching, like, a local team, then yeah. bitches are only feeling like 5,000, right. maybe. But, yeah. uh, 
yeah, the Cowboys Stadium was a crazy ex- experience. As a Cowboys fan, I was thrilled to be there, and I really want to go to a game. Like, and like, probably in two seasons, maybe I'll go to a game. Well, you know what we need to do is we need to go for an Eagles versus Cowboys oh, matchup. Dude, I'd be insanely emotional. <laughs> Imagine if we lose to Philly in Dallas. Shoot, man, happens all the time. Oh, jeez. Mm. I hope by then we're we we got rid of Dak already and signed Aaron Rodgers by then. <laughs> you know that's kind of my hope. So here's a question: Do you think Dak's going to get that contract? Well, you want me to be honest with you, dude? After Patrick Mahomes got his monster deal, which somebody said that the, the screen at Cowboy Stadium cost more than that Patrick Mahomes deal. Really? I was like, geez. But um, I think Dak is going to somehow try to use that to negotiate his contract when mm-hmm. he's not worth a third of that <laughs> well he i wouldn't maybe, say maybe. he's worth maybe two-thirds of patrick mahomes yeah yeah like fair. when you think about patrick mahomes he's been a starter for what two seasons gone to gone to the afc championship could have and easily lost, gone to right. the super bowl L- lost to the patriots, patriots and then so the next like, year went right to the super bowl and won so He's about as perfect as you can get. But he balled, too. Like, yeah. he didn't throw 100 yards and one touchdown like Brady would in a Super Bowl. He, yeah. like, Yeah, dashed. yeah, yeah. He played and, okay in the Super Bowl. Well, he was clutch in the Super Bowl. Right. So, he is a monster. He got a monster deal. Uh, but it's funny, though. We will just talk football for a second. I was telling my brother. I said, the reason, in my opinion, why Kansas City locked him up so for so much right now is because... The first three or four years, they're going to really be paying a lot. But by the time he gets that eighth, ninth, and tenth year, he might be undervalued as a quarterback by then. Because yeah. quarterbacks might be getting paid $60 million a season by then. Right. So like then mediocre he's, quarterbacks, too, at that. Yeah, so he's on the books for $45 million. Maybe in 2030, quarterbacks make a $60 million a year. We'll see. And we don't want this to really be a sports podcast, but because every other show on the Strive Network is about sports. And every sport, every show in the rest of the world is a sports show. Yeah, but so I feel like in a couple years, the caps are going to be raised, right? Like new TV deals, whatever. Like yeah. You just, NFL always makes It's kind of like government debt ceiling. They just keep on raising it, <laughs> yeah. you know? So like um, Pat, Pat Mahomes might have gotten swindled, I think. I was saying that too. Because I think long like, term. There should, in no world... Should Patrick Mahomes be making forty-five million in a season, where somebody like Mitch Trubisky would be making the same, just because yeah. that's sort of kind of like that um, Mike Conley deal? Yes, he, yeah, yeah. Like the that's just how it works in sports. When a guy like Mike Conley becomes the highest-paid player in the NBA, you know that very next off-season. Salaries going up through the roof. People are going to be when people banking. saw Conley get paid. Everybody else in the NBA that's better than him is like, oh, I'm about to get loaded. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so I think Dak's probably gonna. I think Pat. So Pat's getting what, like 45 million a season. Dak's probably gonna want 40. And I don't. I don't think we do anything more than 35. God, do you think about it, that's like three billion a game? <laughs> I mean, that's just ridiculous. But. And it's Texas has no state income tax. Mm-hmm. So Dak making $35 million in a season would be like a California quarterback making 48 you know? Yeah. Um, I think Dak is probably going to want too much money. I don't – I think we can franchise tag him this season. I think you all did. Which we – yeah, we, I don't follow football that closely. But um, yeah. 
I don't know if we let him walk or not. I think it depends seriously if Aaron Rodgers wants to come next year. Because mm. I think he does like Dallas a lot. I think he's getting sick as hard to Green Bay. Yeah, and plus you know, McCarthy. Yeah, and at this point in their careers, I'd still probably take Aaron Rodgers over Dak. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, Fresh, yeah. I mean, I hope it works out for the Cowboys. Um. But, so, well, the other thing I wanted to mention is about the 10-year deal. Like, 10 years is a long time. It is. I think there were, I watched a video about this. I think there have been four other quarterbacks who have signed a 10-year contract. One of them was Brett Favre. Okay. One of them was Dante Culpepper. Mm -hmm. He's the Vikings quarterback for Randy Moss. One of them was Mike Vick. Mike Vick with Atlanta. They probably probably terminated that one with the dog thing. (laughs) Yeah, I think the contract, see at the time it was only uh, 10 years, like 100 mil. So yeah, making ten million dollars a season. That was probably like at oh four, maybe. Yeah, that's that's when he signed it. Shit, that thing got terminated like two years later. And but... I, right, so I can't remember who the other quarterback was that signed a ten year deal. Tom Brady probably, but New England. I don't think so. Because Tom, I think this was the first year he'd been a free uh, he'd been a free agent his whole career. Huh. Well, maybe they just he maybe. picked up his option oh, or something, yeah, something like that. Maybe, but. Yeah, um, so we'll see how Patrick Mahomes does. I, I wish him the best. You know. Texas oh, I don't kid. think he even needs us to wish him the best. I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. And he's probably the best quarterback right now that maybe we've seen in the history of the game. Yeah, like at the like he has a real shot, right? And this is his third year in the league, fourth year in the league. He has a chance to be the greatest and most talented quarterback we've ever seen. He really does. Mm-hmm. He's a beast. Uh, and as a NFL fan of a different team, you hate to see it because you want to <laughs> win championships yourself. But it looks like he they might be dominating for a while. Yeah. But uh, so, Joe, let's get into kind of maybe an update with you. Uh, I know that recently you've kind of made a switch on your, I guess maybe your main focus. Would you would you say your main focus now is car text? Yeah, I think um, my main focus now is car text. The reason I say that is because I kind of look at it now as like a nine to five, where I think sure. the car text is like my base now. Like mm-hmm. I know that I'm just gonna I just gotta show up and mm-hmm. I'll I'll make my dough right. Mm-hmm. Um, my marketing thing is definitely much more passive and I like how I'm able to be actively working in Cartex too, because I feel like the time away from like not doing marketing work is just eating away at me and I'm not like doing anything. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? So like I can do a project for my marketing company and it'll take me like shoot two hours out of the week mm-hmm. and I can make, you know, a couple hundred bu- bucks from it. Yeah. Um, now the rest of the time when I'm not doing that, I feel like I feel like I'm not doing anything. So I like how now I kind of have like a main base. structure, right? Yeah, and I kind of look at my marketing company as something on the side now, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean like um, the effort is any less. Like the time is definitely definitely mm-hmm. less. But um, shoot, I started the other day helping an insurance agent collect more leads. Nice. So yeah, uh, that's, that's definitely something I'm still going to continue to grow and build, um, on the back end. but yeah. 
So what I find interesting is for me, like I'm considering things that I want to do. You know, I it, for me, it's just about, I mean, this is the way everything is. It's just about executing everything. Everything's about executing. Like ideas are shit. Um, motivation is nothing. Um, I mean, you could talk and talk forever, but it's about what you actually do. So how did you get, how did you take hard text from an idea to a reality? Kind of how was that execution done? Well, the execution was like really poor, to be honest with you, because I had the idea like in February mm -hmm. and I didn't start until June. The reason I think I did that, it, do you want to, do you need to plug in a charger? Um, yes, I might. Hold on, audio listeners. Keep talking, Joe. Okay. So, shoot, where was I? The re yeah. The reason, I guess, why it took me so long is because probably late February, early March was whenever I was kind of um, really going after new business from our marketing company. Like, I'd been doing it for several months. I had a lot of results and experience, and I was just starting to sell like a fool, you know, just go after more and more business. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of turned the Cartex thing to the back burner because I ramped up so much more energy into the marketing company. Right. Well, whenever um, Corona hit and some businesses that I worked for started to close down and, you know, that kind of thing, it took me or it took a while to finally get to the point where I was like, all right, well, probably time to start something new. So that's when I just went ahead and jumped all in. And that's, yeah, you kind of can't have two main girls. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can, just, you can have one and maybe a couple on the side, or you can yes. just have like ten on the side. You know. Yes. But yeah, um, I just, I just did it. Like I posted it on Facebook. I practiced a couple times at home, make sure I could okay. do it. Yeah. Um, and then I posted something, and then I just started going to jobs. Okay, so you basic, so basically, and it costs you nothing in ads. To right. get this cranking right, which mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of because I feel like if any of you guys out there are starting a localized service business, I don't think you have to spend very much money. Like jump in these groups where all the people are and post, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And I have, see, I'm, um, I posted something in the Lavernia, which is, uh, for those of you who are new listeners, Lavernia is small where town we where we're at. Small, right. Yes. Um, there's a community chat probably with about 3,000 people in it. and Which I, that's like a lot of people that live there. Right, yeah. It's like for one chat. And it's like always really active too, surprisingly. Um, I posted something maybe yesterday or two days ago and I mm -hmm. said, I hope everybody has a good day. Yeah. And I got like 40 people liking it or whatever. So, I mean, shoot, if I can do something like that every week mm -hmm. and just friend everybody who liked it or whatever... And you know they see what I do, like that right. could turn into five. That's kind of like the idea of like basically um, jab, jab, jab. Yeah, you're laying your hooks, but you're not baiting them yet. You know, like yeah, yeah, you're for sure. putting out, you're putting it out there. Hey guys, have a good one. Hope y'all are safe. Add them as a friend, and then you post what you do. And they're right. like, oh, I already like that guy. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's just building relationships, and that's really the premise of jab, jab right hook is mm -hmm. anyways just you know be kind be nice build connections with people eventually they'll like you enough and they say oh you you do that yeah i need that anyways mm -hmm. but since you do it and i like you i'm gonna yeah. choose you you know yeah and you're into service 
that people always need and want mm-hmm. a car wash always like people aren't just going to like not wash their cars mm-hmm. and most grown-ups aren't just going to go wash their own car yeah you know so they're going to need something and so and especially see if especially if they want a really good job yes and the way that i'm going to start marketing it is that i really preserve the value of your vehicle because you go out there with a sponge and a towel you're mm-hmm. going to start ruining the paint and then before you know it, you're going to have to spend a couple grand to get a like new paint job. Like by the time you want to sell mm-hmm. it again, like it could cost you three, four thousand dollars um, just to, to restore. Yeah. yeah. So like really the way I'm going to push it is by using my service and my expertise and my knowledge and the right tools and chemicals, I'm really literally saving you thousands of dollars mm-hmm. in the long run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like a lot of it's always about like, what I'm doing is helping you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it kind of goes toward the media side of things, like with the strive network, which we're gladly a part of, um, eh. maybe, some, <laughs> eh, you know, it's mediocre or whatever, but, uh, on our Instagram page, we were posting random posts about random shit. Okay. And, uh, I don't do a lot of the posting. I do some, but a lot of times I'm pretty hands off on it. And I just messaged one of our other guys and I basically said, uh, basically just like, why are we doing this? You know, kind of like, um, like, like, why are we doing this? And then they told me, oh, I feel like all of our posts are basically just telling people to listen to our stuff. I think that we should just start posting things for fun and get them to like us and kind of get familiar a little bit. Mm-hmm. That way, and they not want just to. always ask them to listen to our stuff. And yeah, made sense. I messaged him, and I wrote probably four sentences. Boom, sent it to him. He messaged me back like a book about the reasoning, and I literally messaged back, "Okay, I got you. I changed my mind." Boom, because I did. I was like, "Okay, yeah. they're right." Because at sure. first, I was like, basically like. I felt like, like, what are we doing? Just posting random stuff. And they told me, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Perfect. Oh, got you. Okay. Yeah. I didn't. Okay. No, you know, I got it now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, yeah. And I feel like having a business with multiple people can be difficult if you don't have people that are willing to do that because, well, especially communicate first. too. Yeah. So I just simply sent the message. I said, what's going on? They told me, I was like, yeah, that's right. Cool. Didn't think about that. That's I cool. like it. Yeah, I like it. Dude, I'm at the point where it's like if the more that people do for basically like a business that I somewhat run, the better, the happier I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of realized the first, I, I would say all my experience having other people work with me and help me is I've learned that they're never going to do it the way that I do it, but that's fine. Accept that and then realize that I'm just grateful for the help. Yeah, you know? so like kind of like the thing with the camera, uh, you texted me, hey, Spencer and I have been talking about it. it's going to be easier for us to upload or whatever. Yes. And so I didn't really understand what the issue was because I didn't upload. Mm-hmm. Thing. So like I don't know how difficult it was. So that's yeah. why I was just like, okay, yeah, whatever's easier. Let's do it. But yeah, um, I kind of like, I really like the system that we're developing and building out i think the content is definitely taking a step upwards um, because you know you think about somebody like espn mm-hmm. it's they're not posting um 
7 p.m. tonight, Sports Center. Watch it. You know what I'm saying? Right. There's oh, John John Morant won mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year. Yeah. You know. It's the, and another thing you got to keep in mind uh, when you're running a business in general, okay, and you're as young as we are, or you're as inexperienced as we are, you cannot compare yourself to the ESPNs of the world. You can't compare yourself to the Ubers of the world or the Amazons or all these people because these people are running thousands deep. Mm-hmm. Like ESPN as a media company has billions of dollars coming in and they have thousands of people in their system. We have pennies rolling in and a couple and scrubs a couple scrubs <laughs> that do other like nobody's full-time on this yeah right and so we're just kind of doing what we what we do what we want to do it's kind of a little project we got rolling and kind of figuring it out so we can't sit there and compare ourselves and you can't either as a listener if you're if you're listening and you are trying to start a youtube page or an instagram or a business you can't compare yourself to the top in the game. I mean, that'd be like playing golf for the first time and then comparing yourself to Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. But man, fuck, I can't hit the ball like Tiger. It's like, well, he's a professional. He's way better than you. You're not right. even close. Compare yourself to the neighbor. So the thing though about that is looking up to where you want to be. Like if you're a golfer, like obviously you're not going to be as good as Tiger Woods was when he was 17, unless you're just genetically gifted mm-hmm. and you're just super lucky with the genetic lottery. Right. But what Which you can is do probably not any of us or anybody listening. Right. So you can watch Tiger Woods and you can want to be like him and you can even start implementing his techniques when he trains or when he swings or when he recovers. Or, you know, you watch ESPN, you look at the little nuances they add to their social media and yeah. you take what's working. So like you you don't like want to compare your success, definitely, but like you do want to look at them and try and be like them without, right. you know, being impatient. And- or without being like a copycat. Yeah, yeah, right. for sure. It's always kind of like what uh, like Gary Vee will say, don't do what I say, watch what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, so it kind of goes into that philosophy, which, which you can analyze that with a lot of people. Don't listen to the rhetoric, watch what they're doing and how they're moving. And then you realize, oh shit, they're doing what they're saying. You know, like this mm-hmm. really works. Yeah. Um, so... I think that's interesting, like you said, because for me, the hardest part about a business or a venture or anything is the initial execution. That what gets you from idea to work or money in your pocket, Mm. you know? And for you, it was basically as simple as a Facebook post and a little bit of sweat, you know? Yeah. And like, I remember when I first found out that you were doing it, I was was excited because I was like, I knew the poten- I knew the potential of it was big and I have a couple things I'm really looking to do myself that I just have to get the execution down for because it's funny like the running theme of a lot of successful people I've met and what they do is when you ask them how they started doing what they're doing that's super successful they don't remember because it's kind of just like a uh it's not like something you consciously think about. You just start doing something and it mm-hmm. just works. You know, and I feel like people who think and ponder too much aren't doing. You know, they're just brainstorming. They're they're not really actually doing anything and trying. And I know like me and you want to get into a clothing venture soon that um I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about. I think it's going to go well. It's it's something very different for for me especially. 
you know, compared to what I've done before. Cause I'm used to basically the, I'm used to the e-commerce world, basically, uh, selling stuff that's not really mine mm-hmm. technically, you know, so I'm not really like having to do marketing A to Z, you know, I only have to do, provide the product basically. And I, I can kind of get the sales, but I'm kind of thinking about starting up a, a service-based business, helping people with what I know, you know, so I got to kind of iron out the nuts and bolts. Maybe I'll think about it on my plane trip today, which if you're listening to this, you'll be listening to this tomorrow. So I'll already be up at that mountain high. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I I have a flight tonight, which is why we're recording right now. Um, which is exciting. I'm kind of excited about it, but, uh, I have this idea that I'm trying to iron out and it's not that I'm not busy. It's not that I'm not doing plenty and well enough of my main thing right now, but for me, diversity is super important, you know, and I don't ever want to have all my eggs and what too many eggs in one basket, you know, because I feel like you become vulnerable, Mm -hmm. you know? So like with you, with you, you know, like so many businesses and industries during COVID, I mean, they could get rocked. And if you're a company that's struggling, what's the first thing you're going to cut? Probably some social media marketing. (laughs) You're like, oh shit, man, we're barely making it. Like, we'll cut it, you know? And that's when guys like you have to flip that switch. Like our friend Cody made five grand in one month flipping weights on Facebook Marketplace. Mm -hmm. Like that's the type of hustle that is out there for everybody. You just have to tap into. And that's why I think the car tax thing is such a big deal because you're like, you're providing a service that people always need. You know, you're not providing some, basically some fluffy shit that people just want. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like you're not selling $300 perfume. Like yeah. that company is going to crumble when things get bad. So the the more that I look and study businesses and business owners, like millionaires are more common, first of all, than you think. Yes. But it's not always the people who are driving the freaking Audi or the Porsche. Most millionaires are suits. not. I mean, it's the people who have a cabinet company and they're wearing a pair of New Balances, old jeans, and a T-shirt, and they're driving a a work yeah. truck, yeah. you know. So, the but those are the kinds of businesses that's like that are essential. So, like obviously everybody needs them, but if you can get really good at marketing them mm-hmm. and you become the go-to for those, you know, areas, I think that's where the game is. Not in the selling the little toys that look yes. cool and drop yeah. shipping them. And, yeah spending thousands of dollars in marketing only to chase the next trend the next month. Yeah. There was a guy that said, it may have been Cardone that said, if you could run a business that is part of somebody's bills, you will never go out of business. So Mm -hmm. that means if you could find a way to have a business or service, that's like when somebody says, Oh, I just got to pay my bills. If you're in that category, Mm -hmm. you're going to be good. So that, that would be like, you know, rentals, uh, utilities, those are a little harder to do, provide I mean, yourself. But like food, plumber, plumbing, yes, um, maintenance, yes, hell, even lawn um, care, technology, you know, services like that. Um, you know, yeah, like that's kind of where you want to be. And something that I was thinking about where I'm at is this is like some financial stuff that I was talking about with one of our friends yesterday. And dude, I'll be honest with you, bro. I was watching a 
But like, do you like Dave Ramsey? No. No. I don't really like Dave Ramsey. Really? Why? Because it kind of give you a breakdown a little bit. Because he's relevant to this show and the topics we talk about. I on will, show. I just think Dave Ramsey is a common person's guru. Okay. Like, of course. So Dave Ramsey is the kind of person like, okay, you you were an average Joe in school. Yes. And you're going to college and you're going to get a $70,000 job. Yes. You're not good enough to to own a million dollar company, but yes. you can still be a millionaire and I'm yeah. going to show you how to do that. Yeah. I don't I don't care to learn from Dave Ramsey. I would rather learn how to build a million dollar company because I feel like Right, I right, right, right. Of course. Uh like Dave like for me, I don't agree with Dave on a lot of his debt principles yeah. because I understand like if somebody's going to give me money for zero or one or two or 3%, why not take it? Because mm-hmm. like the opportunity cost of those dollars. Right. So yeah, I'm not saying that if you're an entrepreneur out there, like Dave Ramsey is the best guy for you to listen to, but I, I kind of like him. You know, I yeah. just think he's a good guy. So yeah, yeah no, for sure. Right. Yeah, he's a cool he's So a um, I was watching some of his videos last night in combination with a, converse, uh, with a conversation I was having with a friend of mine yesterday. And I realized that I kind of need to up my investing a little bit. You know, like I kind of need to put more money into like funds and stuff because like most millionaires are like 10% or less cash. Mm. You know, so most people that are worth $3 million will have 300 grand or less in cash, you know? And myself, I'm probably 80 or 85% cash. Yeah. Right? Which, like, I have my money in banks. Like, I'm not a fucking some kid rolling around right. with paper yeah. money. Like, I'm not, like, street rich or anything like that. But I'm mainly cash, which means that my money isn't going to grow over time as much as it should. And so I kind of am realizing that I need to lock into more of these, like, retirement accounts and stuff like that. So I kind of need to figure out that game and put more money into it and trust it more. Um, because talking to our one of my friends yesterday, like a lot of his money isn't cash. And he was just explaining how basically it goes into the whole philosophy. Like is cash trash, you know, and there's, there's always that debate. And I know like during the pandemic, it was kind of a big deal where people always debate, you know, liquidity and how much cash did you have or how, how much should be in assets. And I feel like my investing feel right now is like probably just put it more into like some mutual funds and retirement accounts because I'm not as bullish on real estate as I used to be as an investment strategy, Mm. you know? Right. And, uh, I'm definitely not bullish on using your home that you own and live in as an investment because it's not an investment, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's kind of my, some of my thoughts. I don't know what you've been thinking about investing and stuff like that. Well, I my thoughts on it are first of all if I if, if I got $30,000 to invest I don't think I'm putting $30,000 into dividend paying stocks. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to make the money back in 14 years. Great, right? Yes. But 14 years is a long time mm-hmm. and I feel like I can do more damage like investing and then into growing like a business, you know what I'm saying? So that's my philosophy on investing is I would rather invest in businesses because Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I really, I, I love businesses like 
creating ideas. You'd rather invest in yourself than invest in the S&P yeah. 500. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, even when it comes to like stock market, like technical analysis and that kind of thing, like I would much rather do that than just dump it all into Starbucks dividend stock, r- right? Yeah. yeah, get three percent a year. Absolutely, yeah. Like I would rather take three and invest it in a company that I think is gonna double in a couple months, mm. or you know, give me a twenty percent return in a, a week or so. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, that that's kind of the philosophy difference between like a Dave Ramsey common Joe kind of guy who just has a job and works and just, you know, put all your money in a mutual fund compound interest to be a millionaire at 55. Right. And see, that's, see, that's kind of like the school mentality. I feel like is you, okay. You're kind of anticipating that they're not going to be like the top 1%. Right. Right. Cause if, if, if there's only 1% of the people who can be that, then you got to teach the other 99% how mm -hmm. to just, be, do well how to right. just how to just live or whatever right? right so like um i don't even know where i was going with that uh you were basically saying that 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 investing advice is kind of just oh yeah i mean that's like that's great investing advice for somebody who like isn't wanting to take risks or um you or know own their own business isn't, or isn't even like capable yeah yeah but yeah i, I totally get you yeah, there's something there's something definitely in I look at things where yeah, somebody will say, Oh, you could put twenty grand into this stock and it'll pay like four percent dividends annually, which is uh fuck. I mean <laughs> goddamn, what's four percent of two of twenty thousand bucks? Four percent of what would that be eight hundred bucks, maybe? Eight hundred bucks a year. Maybe eight hundred bucks. Okay. I, I believe you. Yeah, I hope you believe me. Eight hundred bucks a year on a twenty thousand dollar investment. Okay, like, sure, eight hundred bucks is fine, but for me, I'm the kind of guy right now where I'm thinking I could buy a Amazon liquidation pallet for twenty grand and flip it into forty five in three months. Hmm. You know, so that's where I'm kind of that. Well, maybe that's why I'm as as much cash as I am because I I view that as my ability to make deals and get mm-hmm. deals done and flip money and run a business is because I don't want to be locked into a fund where I'm making 800 bucks a year on this money. Yeah. Instead and- of being able to just move the cash around, get a huge ass pallet, flip it all in three months. Now I got 45 grand. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And I feel like that type of work is zero risk because I'm going to sell the shit. Cause you know, cause you've yeah. done it. I've done it. I believe in it. I know what I'm doing. I'll sell it all. I don't know that that stock's going to get me 4% every year. You know, yeah. you have years like 2020 where you're probably going to lose 10%. You know, so that's kind of a tough thing for me. Like, I put a little bit into it. You know, I put a little bit into it. Like, I put a little bit of money every week into it. But, like, I know, like, a lot of, like, what you, like, what you say, kind of like the common guy, they'll put, like, 50% of their money into it. And yeah, they'll be a millionaire at fifty something, but that's it. I mean, I just struggle with this like the the whole ideas, because like everybody will always freak out and say you're not supposed to be that much cash, but I kind of view that as kind of like my my ability to make deals happen and do shit, you know? Yeah, I mean, shit, you're nineteen though, so like 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Even um, nothing. Like it's great that we think like this, you know. But at the end of the day, we it still... doesn't really matter. Not, not not even that, but like even if we're we are wrong, like, yeah, we'll get corrected. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Most people are like thirty before they even think about this shit. Like, yeah. oh man, fuck. Yeah. Now I'm eighty grand in debt, you know, or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's why, like, I'd be scared to have all my money in like an IRA, and then I need to get access to the money to do a deal, and I got to pay a twenty five percent pullout fee. Then I lost all my money. You know, so interesting investing um, thoughts there for, I guess, a lot of entrepreneur people. Like, people will always tell me, believe, invest in yourself. Like, I'll be like, where, where, what, should, what should I put my money into? What should I invest in? They're like, invest in yourself. <laughs> and I think about it. That's how I've gotten anything. It's just believing in myself and putting the money where I want to put it. Like, you know, you're not going to flip money as fast as you possibly can by uh, investing in Johnson & Johnson, you know? Yeah, General Motors. Yeah, and GM or whatever. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to that. But that's that's fine, though, because not everybody can... Not everybody can invest in themselves. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Well, shoot, I know... Kind of had, um, we didn't really have any like ideas about where we wanted to take the show like beforehand. But to be honest with you, I think we covered a good amount. I think so too. I mean, I hope that people listening got some value out of this. I think it was a really good show. Kind of what, like, kind of maybe some things that they were thinking about or something. Oh, I'll add in a new uh, tidbit of nugget that I started. It's so funny that we're doing this show now in our life. Because we're really documenting everything. Mm -hmm. Like everything. Like there's not going to be any, we start at 45 and then we just explain the tales. Like they, it'll be there and we'll be able to know what was going on then. I got my first credit card this past week. I probably got the card um, after the last time we recorded. I guess I probably had it for about a little over a week. And I got a, uh, my first ever credit card. Okay. And uh, for the listeners speaking, basically before this, the only credit I had was my vehicle. And so I had like, I had like what credit opens up at like a, a regular score. Not that great, whatever. Um, Cause I'm so young and I basically have no credit. Well, I got my first credit card, 2% cash back. All right. And which for me in the resale business, it's monstrous. Cause I could lay down five grand on a card in a month. Easy. 2% back is a hundred bucks. All right. So, I'll take an extra hundred in my pocket every month, you know, mm -hmm. like that's, that's some spending money. And so I was, that's the, really the only reason I have it is more for the cash back and less for the credit score. Yeah. But, but I mean, you still kind of need both. I still kind of need both. You still yeah. kind of need the credit score. Right. I still kind of do. Yeah. And so, so I put some money down on the credit card. I've already got $110 in cash back in a week, yeah. uh, which mm. is very good. Like I think about it because that was money you were gonna spend anyways, though. Right. Like, I'm gonna spend it anyways. See, I don't. I think a lot of people have a misconception about credit cards. Like we get a credit card, so we'll just like start spending a bunch of money to get to travel points. Like whoa. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. Like you're literally wasting money. But if you're a, if somebody you're like a... well, for somebody like you who's already spending that right to buy product right, already or, or whatever, like 
basically what you're doing is saving an extra by the end of the month probably 300 400 bucks exactly which i mean shoot is enough for rent dude the way i thought about it man that tripped me up is i placed an order for product earlier this week and i spent three grand on stuff which like, like you said I'm already going to spend it regardless. All the time I do this. I had a debit card that was 1% beforehand. I got, you know, half the money I'm getting now. But yeah, some people get credit credit cards are either a blessing or a disaster. Mm-hmm. You know, some people like <laughs> like they gave me an $11,000 credit limit on my card, which everybody like that blew their mind. They're like, "You got 11 grand?" Even my mom couldn't believe it. Oh, uh pop our recording screen up. There you go, buddy. Like my my mom couldn't even believe it. They're like, "They gave you that much money?" I'm like, "Yeah, they did." Which I don't know if they knew, like my maybe based on my statements, how much money I was moving, and they gave me it based off that. I don't really know, but I put that money down on it, and I made sixty bucks in cash back. And what blew my mind was that is how much I I made, like a year and a half ago, working six hours was that sixty bucks, and I worked about six hours on this order, and I literally got paid to put this order in what I used to get paid. And I'm going to make way more than 60 bucks on this order. Yeah. And it just blew my mind that that's the difference between like the entrepreneurial mind and the regular mind is like, I was able to take this business that I'm in and literally pay myself what I used to get paid as like, as like like as an employee Yeah, like of your own business. But also since you're the owner, the money that you spent is going to be flipped still. Right. It, so like it, he kind of had like, a nine to five, and a, yeah. it's kind of like you worked at H E B. Yeah. But you were like the owner of it too. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. You, you're Charles Butt. But yeah, you I was getting groceries. that. I was getting that money per hour, but I also owned the whole operation. Yeah. You know. So kinda double dipped. So, but I mean that was that, pretty cool to yeah. think about. And my dude, I literally got the credit card, made one payment, and my credit score went up eighty points. Like I was telling y'all, I was like, holy shit. I was like, now I got a real credit score. Yeah, shit, um, you can buy a house now. Well, I need to I need to do some better taxes before I get God, that done. But um ooh, <laughs> guys, I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm still a teenager. This IRS bill that's probably gonna come up in January is going to hurt. You know, I've been putting money back. I've been saving for taxes for a year for the whole year. Mm-hmm. But dude. Everybody that's older listening to this is probably laughing their ass off. <laughs> but as like an employee, when I worked, they take the money out of your check. Yeah. So you never really see it. Mm-hmm. When you're 1099, dude, you got to pull that money out, you know? And for me, dude, yeah, it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. Well, um, the other thing you're talking about, the older people laughing at us about taxes. I think a lot of people one day, anytime they try and, or anytime they hear us try and do a math problem, <laughs> and they, it yeah. just sounds like we just make some absolutely ridiculous error, but we both go with it. Right. We, <laughs> yeah. Like who knows if 800 is really 4% of 20,000. I really <laughs> yeah. thought about it Dude, and I was know. like, is 1% 20,000, 20 bucks or 200 bucks? I was well, like, so wouldn't you have to multiply 800 by 25? Is that, isn't that how you calculate? Can you do that? 800 times 25? Yeah. Well, eight times 25 is 200 yeah yeah Yeah. okay i was right great great awesome i hope i hope man jesus see but that's why we have calculators yeah like you know i could easily pull up my phone and just also punch it in the thing is you you know this too because you were the same way like we were 
really smart back in the day, like when it came to math. Yeah. And, you know, we just do problems like it was yeah. nothing when everybody, yeah. like we were doing big multiplication problems. People were still learning how to carry the one, you know, but I can't do that anymore, especially not in my head. I could do street math. Like, uh, like, you know, like if I'm like at a store and like I got to get 40% off a sale, I can go on my calculator, punch it in and get the numbers. Well, yeah. I mean, you're still uh, using calculator. Like I could do sales tax in my head just cause I kind of know it. But if you're asking me to do a, if you say the word formula, I'm out. <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, I got to write out a formula to figure this out. I'm gone. I just can't do it, anything in my head anymore because I haven't done it in so long. Yeah. It's, it's I don't think it's sad. Kind dude, of it ero- sad. dude, it erodes so fast. Uh-huh. Could you imagine being 45? Like, I, I feel bad for judging those people when I was in school. Yeah. Because I was in school. Well, but we they were haven't, doing it all the time. They haven't been in a classroom in 27 years. Huh. You know, so jeez, yeah. so you can't really judge them. That's interesting. I have some work to do, and I have to go to the airport and catch a flight tonight. And Joe has a lot of work to do. Yeah. You're moving into a new house. Moving into a new house. Started moving furniture in yesterday. I'll be there in a couple of days. Exciting, mate. Yeah, I'm really excited. Going to start vlogging. So be on the lookout for that. Going to have some super sick vlogs uploaded probably every week. I think we might add it to the Strive Network, like the vlog. Cool. You know what I'm saying? That'd be yeah. our first vlog. That'd be dope. Um, other than that, though, just going to keep rocking and rolling car text. So another thing just before we dip out is Mike granted me a new Facebook account. So I'm going to go in there and create a business manager. I'm going to be able to start running ads for car text, which I haven't been able to do. Mm, nice. Um, so, yeah, excited about that. It started to launch the clothing brand. Definitely a lot of work to. it's going to come up, but looking you forward know it. to it. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I, fuck, I really got to go to the restroom now. Me too, uh, dude. I drink two waters. Strive Network, No Limits Podcast. Thank you guys for rocking with us. We love you all so much. You guys are OG listeners, and love you will hear and see so from much. us a lot in the future. Every Monday, tune in to us. Thank you guys for riding this roller coaster with us. Me and Jill are out. We'll see you guys again next week. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good week.